You're listening to EVH and Gear TV, brought to you by Design39 Media. Visit design39media.com for all your website, photography, and video production needs. Microphones for EVH and Gear TV are provided by Rode Microphones. An official Van Halen merchandise is provided by vanhalenstore.com. And now, here's your host from Ontario, Canada, EVH artist Eric Broadbent. Hey everyone, happy Sunday to you all. Welcome to the Helix Hour. We are live uh, for this beautiful Sunday, and it's actually November 11th, Remembrance Day today, so we'd like to take a brief moment before we jump into all the fun stuff and give a big thank you for all the uh, fine men and women who fought to have the uh, freedoms that we have today, like be able to talk for an hour on a YouTube talk show. It's pretty awesome. Um, I've had uh, some family members that have been in the military before, never served during uh, combat, but was in the, my father was in the Navy. Jason, you have any relatives that were uh, uh, serving? Um, distant, I think uh, great-grandfather, yeah. Okay, cool. Very, very nice. But unfortunately for yeah. those people, um, you know, we're here to be able to talk about some fun stuff today. It's uh, a lot of things we take for granted. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Very happy to have you back. Uh, I've been telling a lot of people that people say, when's Jason coming back? When's Jason coming back? And I said, I'm sure pretty soon. I'm sure we could probably do this every week. But, uh, you know, I said, uh, I'll have him back <laughs> so, for sure. We always tend well, to have. For, oh, no problem. Thanks for having me back. It's, it's great to have you here. We got a bunch of people already over in the chat. We'll go say hi to them. And then we're going to jump into some uh, fun discussion today. And today's going to be a few things on the agenda, but it's also going to be a Q&A. If there's any questions you want to ask myself or Jason, especially Jason, um, <laughs> we'll let you stand up more than me, uh, but I'll Great. try. I'll try to contribute. <laughs> uh, we've got Shekia's here, first one in the chat. Old man, our old metal dude is here. Nice to have you, Travis Keenan, Rob Groden, my beautiful nocturnal butterfly, Scott Connor. Um, uh, I can't say that name very well. Skate eighty two, Elf Skate something like that eighty two. Uh, Bobby Clipper, this Jason Sedites guy. He keeps talking my chat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and Nocturnal Butterfly says, turn on live chat. I'm always guilty for that, having the top chat on. Uh, Alan Heller says, happy Veterans Day from us Americans to our Canadian neighbors. Any chance we'll get a studio tour, uh, Eric or Jason? I'm, there's not much for Both of our studios are pretty simple, but I'm sure we'd be both happy to do that sometime. Yeah. 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 It, 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 yeah I don't know how exciting it would be, but. <laughs> Let's do it right now, Jason. Look at Ready? Here we go. <laughs> There, there you go. go. Yeah, there, That's there, right. it is, there it is. There it is. It's, it's not, really messy. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I know we're both good for this. We hide a lot of things off a of camera. And uh, five minutes before a show sometime, I'm like, Tuck, where's, what can the camera see? And then I'm like, okay, I'll hide it over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's hilarious. I'm the same way. Sometimes it, it's not even that good hiding, as you can see over here. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. You see people post pictures on social media, and a, lot, and a lot of us are guilty for this, and I, I myself am too, but I'm getting a little bit more careful. What you see on your phone, and then you see it on a big screen, like you got some dirty laundry in the background or, you know, yeah, or worse. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's funny. Uh, let me see who else we got here. Carlos Santan is here. Uh, let me see. I'm going to come back to him in just a second because I missed a couple other people. Uh, home recording made easy. Uh, hey, Jason, your channel has been so helpful to me. Very nice. Awesome. That's great. And he just got his Helix as well, too. He's uh, David, he's doing really good over there. You should check out his channel if you haven't had a chance. He does some great recording tips for, for like for pros and for uh, intermediates and beginners. And I've learned some things just cool. watching that, too. Um, nice. Carlos says, Remembrance Day here in Canada, Veterans Day in the U.S. Let's remember those who have sacrificed so much for us. Agreed. Agreed. I'm very thankful for that. Um, let me see here. Robert Apple. Hello, Eric Jason, Nocturnal, for Butter, uh, Nocturnal Butterfly. Go Navy. Yes, indeed. Chad Husky is here. Chad, sh speaking of photos, sharing some nice food photos. I always hey, lo love his food photos. Get some brisket going today. Um, let me see here. Full circle. Um, my stomp should be here Tuesday, finally, after being backordered for a month. That's pretty good because there are some backorders even longer. So that's good that you're getting it. Can't wait for you to, uh, uh, to get that. That's going to be awesome. So before we jump headfirst into the program, and we'll come back and say hi on the chat here in a second too, we've got to be, say a big um, kind of a thank you and a, well, more so just a blessing that we've found out a lot of our friends at Line 6 uh, uh, staff were involved um, in the pathway of those horrific fires. Those fires were insane, weren't they? Yeah, it was crazy. I saw Eric Klein post yesterday. He posted an interactive map. I don't know if you saw that on no, Facebook, no. but it, it showed that the Line 6 head office was basically surrounded and a couple of the buildings can't remember if it was on the north side I, I don't quote me on that i can't remember now from looking at the map but actually had got burned a little bit on the outside of the building so there i think at that point they were uncertain because nobody's allowed there so they really don't know until they're allowed back in there what kind of condition things are going to be in so here's hoping that uh, they came away as unscathed as possible yeah, and I think um, at the very bare minimum, I'm sure we're going to see massive smoke damage 
you know, to, oh. that, to that building. Um, I mean, there's I was a, the hotel right across the road where Frank was. Uh, I forget the name of the hotel, but it was literally across the road and across. The, I'm assuming it's across a possible freeway. I don't know, but at least a road from what they're saying, it was burned, and I'm not sure how badly burned. But uh, Frank was he was checked out already after this had happened. But it happened shortly after he checked out. He was on a flight, so. It's definitely caused some concern. As you say, we don't know until people can get back in there. But I know that they're yeah. already uh, planning some, you know, disaster customer service. Like this goes to show you how, how much they value their customers, uh, you know, past and present that, you know, they don't even know if they can get back into the building, but they're already thinking about damage control for customer service and the phone lines of setting up additional lines and things like that. So hats off to the team. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm glad that everyone's okay for sure. And no one that we know in the immediate vicinity, as far as our friends at Line 6, lost their homes. I know there was questions there for a little bit. But one of our other mutual friends there, Chris Saraga, uh, he had posted a story in one of the groups um, saying that uh, uh, the neighboring town to his, I think, he's, does he, is he a reporter? Is that what he does? I'm not totally sure to he be He's a reporter. Or I think that's what he does because he's always saying he's covering these stories, whatever, but he was talking about that town called Paradise, which was somewhere in the vicinity, and it was like 27,000 people evacuated and just almost leveled to the ground. Just leveled, yeah, it's really sad. Yeah, and in a case like, uh, if this ever happened to you or I, like, you know, God forbid, let's hope it doesn't. I mean, obviously we get our families out, and if we have our pets, things like that. You know, would you look at your guitars and just say, you know what, they're just guitars, and let them go, or would you pack a couple guitars, or... What are your survival plans? Wow. If you- yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Guitar survival plans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. I, I don't know. That's, that's, I guess whatever there'd be room for, I'd try to grab, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, that's a, that's tough to know. I'll be honest here. You, you and I have had some tornado scares over the past, over towards the end of the summer there in your area yeah. and my area here, which is very, very rare for us. And, and uh, they happened uh, several times, which is really weird. And, you know, uh, Nocturnal here, Sandra Lee's like saying, okay, we've got to make a survival kit. And she's actually saying, Eric, get some of your, get your guitars together because we were going to evacuate one night because we thought yeah. it was coming. And I, I honestly, I don't know if it was just me finally saying, you know, um, what's more important, but I didn't even think of a guitar. And I have a lot of guitars that are very special to me. But I was yeah. just like, nope, you know, I didn't even think of anything other than, you know, the immediate let's go to the car and let's go where we got to go. So hopefully we're never put right. in that place again. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be there if, if at all avoidable anything. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but at least, at least we're everyone's safe, and and uh, hopefully we haven't uh, haven't heard any tragic stories for many of our friends. We know there are some people that have been lost, which we're very sorry about. But let's jump into some. Uh, we'll kind of pick up the uh, pace for a little bit. You know, I was watching one of your videos you posted the other day, and I, and I like to try to watch as many videos as as I can. And um, the one that you come out with with Brad Paisley, just when we think that you know we've seen everything you can do, and I think people love you and hate you because you're so good. Um, you come up with some chicken pick and stuff with Brad Paisley first. How was that on fan demand or how did that come about? Um, so I've owned, um, a couple tellies in over the years. Uh, the last one I owned was a GNL ASAT, which is really amazing guitar. I love those. Uh, but I always ended up getting rid of them. Just weren't getting used. But I always wanted to I'm going to get a telly. So the other guy um, that I, I went into the local Long and McQuaid and I, all I picked up was one of the Mexican new player series tellies. I saw it in there. I picked it up. I played it. And then I grabbed the, the American professional, I guess they call it, which is like more than double the money. Right. And I played both. I was going, There's actually nothing wrong with this Mexican telly. So kind of made an impulse buy. I, I'd had a lot of people requesting over the last little while that I do country tone. And I was always avoiding it because I was like, I don't really have the right guitar. You know, if I, if I try to dial in a country sound using a Les Paul style guitar, you know you're never going to hear the end of it from in the YouTube comments, right? That's <laughs> so, right. Um, so I picked this up and I, I love Brad Paisley. I mean, I love, I think he's just one of the most phenomenal country players. Love his stuff. Clever songwriting, good singer, you know, seems like a really down to earth, cool guy and just love his playing. So I was the, the, the hard part was so I, the one song that I used to dial the tone in. Uh, I, I was gonna, I went to transcribe the solo, but then I realized he was using a G bender on it. Oh, so it was like next to impossible to play without that. He had some licks in there that were just these crazy double stop uh, pedal steel type things that if you tried to do with your fingers rather than G bender, it was like this is hard enough with the G bender, right? So, so I kind of went through and I, a lot of his solos had the G bender in it. So I finally found, uh, what was the first one? Oh, his song Water. So I found that 
I was like, okay, I can get away with that one. And I was so, I just got so addicted to the telly and that tone. I was really digging that, that Paisley tone that I came up with. And so I ended up the next day doing uh, his solo for in, intro and outro to, uh, uh, what's that, Tix is the other song, hit song of his. So it was fun. It was just a blast. And uh, they came together pretty quick. I'd have, I'd have to say he's one of my favorite guitar players when it comes to country music and probably would make me gravitate. To, he's one of those guys, I've said this before in many different avenues, let's take our, some of our, or at least my favorite sports heroes. I, I used to love Joe Montana and Jerry Rice and San Francisco 49ers. They would make me love the sport of football because of those two guys. Or like your Michael Jordans or you know your Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or you know any, any of these famous people, Isaiah Thomas in basketball, you'd like them because of that, you'd like the sport because of that. Brad Paisley can pull you over and make you like that music because of what he brings to the table. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's just, uh, yeah, I've I, I listened to a fair number. I, I love Danny Gadd and Albert Lee. You know, Steve Morse, not that he's a country player, but he has a lot of country uh, influence in his playing. Well, even Eric Johnson does at times, right? Uh, but yeah, guys like Gatton and uh, Albert Lee and uh, oh, Brent Mason. You know, guys like that, I've always loved their playing, but I've never really sat and practiced country a lot. And it's, you know, if you threw me into a country band, I'd probably feel like a fish out of water. But uh, it sure is fun to, to go mess around with their licks and, and uh, it is piece it all sure. together. And it's funny how you mentioned about being in a country band. And I don't even know if you know this. I've said it on a couple of my shows, but you probably didn't see them at the time. Um, I was in a country band for a very short stint. I'm going to say probably almost better part of a year. And this family, they moved up kind of towards your, they're Canadian family, and they moved up towards your area. They were right from the small area where I'm from before, but it was a brother and sister team. And um, the family was very, very talented. Leanne Allison was the singer. They were in a band called, they had a band called Legacy. Uh, Pete Allison was the, um, the guitar player, the lead guitar player. And they're so talented that she won female vocalist of the year in, in, the, in the whatever scene across Canada for the year. And he won more, uh, like upcoming male vocalist of the year was a phenomenal wow. shredder, um, and he looked like Brad Paisley. And, you know, Brad Paisley was kind of just coming onto the scene big in um, in that time. So, you know, it was a real hot button was that. And they asked me to come and play guitar for them too and because we were friends. And I'm like, okay, well, you see my guitars that I have, right? At the time, it was everything striped, all home-built striped guitars, uh, you know, and all the distortion pedals and all this kind of stuff. It's like, you you know what I play, right? You want me to come join your band? <laughs> and I did. And all night long, I had one spot. I think it was uh, an Alan Jackson song. No, who sing, who does uh, uh, Trap um, Fast as You? Not Alan Jackson. Um, oh, that's uh, Travis Tritt. No, no. Uh, oh, Dwight Yoakam. Dwight 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 Yoakam. Okay. Dwight Yoakam. Wow. I know too many names. <laughs> that's pretty yeah. bad. So it was, that's the only one I had a real lead spot on that one throughout the whole night. So my foot would be hovering over my distortion pedal all night long. And I was like, okay, Eric, here's your turn. And sometimes I wasn't paying attention. And then by the time it was like, Eric, Eric. And then I've missed it. So that was my only thing for the night. But I did learn a lot. I learned a lot of, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I learned a lot, we'll just say, from that as far as the scene and you know what goes into it. So that was pretty cool. That was kind of neat. Nice. It's yeah. fun stuff to play. It really is. It, it is. It is. And you know, we can go, I can go, and I'm sure you can too. I can go to a country concert and listen to the volume 25, 30% louder than I can at a heavy metal show. Like, I mean, I love rock, you know, boom, but I mean, that distortion tears at your ears. I find you can take a cleaner yeah. signal much louder. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the, the funny thing is too, you watch some of these bands like, you know, the uh, Taylor Swift's and, and all these other uh, country acts out there. And you, when you get to see the guitar players finally cut loose, they, the people are like, that guy's a metal guy. Of course they're metal guys, but they're in a, they're in a, a rock shredder, but they're in a gig where they're making some serious money and they're versatile enough to be able to do that. So they get a gig. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay. Yeah. And some of those guys are just incredible players. They just, you've never even heard of, you know, and they, they can just tear it up. I know. Amazing to watch. It's phenomenal. A couple other comments over in the chat. Chad Hutke says, "Wish I could share, share some brisket with you guys over YouTube. You need to make a road trip to oh, North Carolina. I would do it for that." Okay, I'm leaving. I'm leaving right now. <laughs> Let's get, get going. On the way through. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we have to Wi-Fi for the rest of the trip. We'll be there in a couple hours. Uh, and uh, Gary Holt is here. Gary, I uh, missed him. He was before Chad. Gary Holt is working with me on something, which we'll be sharing very, very soon. Something that's going to be really big um, around the the week of Nam. It's going to be pretty awesome, and I, I don't want to divulge it yet because there's a lot of ducks to put in a row here, but uh, nice to have you, Gary. Um, Rob Groden, I'll be in North Carolina. April, Jim Jails, good afternoon, everyone. Alan Haller, damn, fires, no more new updates for a while. I don't think there's probably any updates probably scheduled for the next little bit anyways, 
but I think that'll probably obviously will be pushed back with the timeline for sure. Um, let me see here. <laughs> Scott Connor of Virginia's here, not North Carolina. It's not that far away. Um, and John Carey says, 100-year-old eucalyptus trees are a fire hazard, most popular tree in SoCal. I did not know that. And a lot of these, I think, were started by campfires. Was that not true? I didn't hear how they were started. I really don't know. Yeah, I, I, saw, sure. I saw a campfire out there thrown out there somewhere, um, but I don't know if that's the case. Uh, full circle, even if the building comes through on ski, they aren't going to have utilities uh, for quite a while, I'd guess. Yeah, that's probably true, too. Yeah, things could be shut down. Um, let me see here. And John says, people don't talk about eucalyptus. It's a elephant in the room. In Australia, they, they are call, they're called fire trees. Okay, interesting to know. I did not know that. And Nocturnal Sand is such a horrific scene for sure. Um, and I scroll too fast here. But what I'll do is I'll pause here for a second. Oh, yeah, Nocturnal Butterfly, such a horrific scene. And, uh, and yeah, tie them all together with a rope and run. Um, Gary says, uh, 360 degrees smoke around here. There's fire north, east, and south of me. I really uh, hope everyone uh, is okay out that way for sure. And it's, I'm not sure what the uh, current situation is. Yep, and Carlos says, I just let everything burn. It's just stuff. That's right. You know, there's some guitars that we, some of us may have that are sentimental, and some of them are worth some money. Insurance will cover the ones worth money, and, you know, the sentiment, well, we just have to make new memories with new new stuff. That's what insurance is for from Full Circle, um, for sure. Um, oh, and uh, John says, Charvel and his son's house is burned. Not good, not good. Um, but anyways, we'll, we'll stop there for a second. I'll flag this so I can come back. And I want to talk a, kind of a, a bit of a recap on Stomp. What's one of the, the fun vi- uh, videos that we did together, <clears throat> having you here in the studio. We're talking HX Stomp for a while there. And you've had it longer than most of us, um, except for, you know, other people that were on the beta teams and things like that. And it's new to the rest of us. I'd like to ask you, um, are you still finding, is a novelty worn off for you yet? Are you still finding more things with it? And just maybe take us to, through where you've been using Stomp lately. Yeah, I don't think the novelty has worn off at all i mean it it is what it is right um so in my setup here in the studio um i have my helix uh which i have hooked in as an audio interface i have a focus right claret uh two pre is another interface and now i've hooked up a third interface so i can kind of just interchange between these i have a mackie big knob that i kind of have them all in so i don't have to constantly be uh plugging cables in and out actually so i shouldn't say i have them all in there it only has two interfaces in there but yeah so i was i've been using hx stomp i've been doing a few dialing and videos with it. Um, I mean, personal home use here, I have no problem just using my Helix because it's set up. But to me, the Stomp is going to be amazing. If I go out and do a show, that's coming as a backup, or maybe that's coming as my main rig, depending on if I just need that simplified, uh, you know, uh, uh, scaled down presets, which a lot of times mine are. I don't really have of a lot of uh, blocks anyways so I mean around the house here I'm not oh, I'm not turning it on every day but I'm sure happy to have it and you know again if you go you're out on the road or you're you're, you're traveling somewhere you know hotel laptop that's coming right because I mean it's a great front end to native of mm-hmm. but you can also use the sort of zero latency monitoring by just setting up your preset right in stomp and then doing the USB uh, DI and then, you know, record that on a separate track and use native to, to process it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just an amazing little unit to have, even if it's not getting used daily, you know, for somebody who has a Helix, I have a Helix, I have a Helix LT, I have that. So, yeah, I'm not going to be plugging it every day at home, but it serves a, a really great purpose, you know. I think that's something I'm going to bring with me to NAMM for sure. I'm not, I don't even know if I'm going to bring a guitar, but I think I'll bring that just to have it, have like two of my go-to presets. And in case I want to, yep. in case I'm, you know, asked to play or anything like that, at least I'll have my tone I can dial in right away. And I mean, even if I had to grab something there, I know I could do it quickly with it. But I think it's also, as you mentioned, the six blocks, I think it's kind of a good discipline tool for us as well, too. If you, if for, for those of us that have the luxury of having a couple of the, um, the you know, the Helix members, uh, family members with LT or Rack or Floor or whatever the case may be, it is good discipline to start there because a lot of us, I'm guilty of it. Um, we, just because we can, we do, and we throw, you know, I want 14 delays, you know, I want, or actually that's silly because you can't put that many in before you'd probably run out of DSP, but you can put several delays, right. several different things, several different reverbs. And then, uh, and then we've got this massive spaceship sound where, you know, starting with stomp, we have six blocks and that's including, you know, if an IR, if you're going to use an IR or, or different things like that, an effects loop block, if you're using that. So those yep. six blocks are really, really good discipline to take over to the big boys and uh, build from there. But I've even been taking some of the big boys going the opposite way and thinking one of my big presets, okay, well, I don't need that. I can live without that. And I'll copy that one over. 
And that's something we should touch base on. You're the first one to kind of know about this and you told us about it, at least far as, you know, in our discussion groups here, the fact that you can copy from Helix, um, any of the Helixes to stop with HX. Do you want to share some thoughts on that? I know we don't have any visuals to show people today, but just tell us about it. Well, it's, it's a really fabulous and simple way to work because, you know, a lot of people I found right away when Stomp was released, one of the biggest complaints everybody had was, you know, why can't I just open my Helix presets in it or why aren't they interchangeable? And there was, I heard a lot of buzz about that, right? And that's why I actually ended up sharing my factory presets for the Stomp uh, for Helix as well. Because that's the funny thing, they were originally created on Helix because at the time when I was creating them, they didn't have the uh, Stomp uh, HX edit functional yet that's how back how far ago it was that we were making those right mm -hmm. um but the, the thing about the copy and paste you might say oh man that's going to take so long to copy and paste but again you're only dealing with six blocks so it really doesn't if you have six blocks how long is it going to take you to you know well i'm on windows but control c you know control v control c control v you know and it's it's done and it, it, it's a really painless process i've done it with a few uh presets i think i think one of the dialing in ones now I think I took a Helix preset and kind of put it onto Stomp and kind of condensed it. And I, I did it. And it was like 30 seconds, if that, to be up and running uh, with the two. That's what's so nice now because HX Edit, when you, when you start it, if you have HX Stomp and HX Floor or LT hooked up, multiple instances of HX Edit pop up. So it just does it automatically, right? And then you can just sit there and very quickly transfer you know, even if it's just amp block or, or whatever. Yeah, I was doing that just the other day too. And actually, maybe even this morning, I think it was as early as this morning because I'm going to be giving away a preset here in a little bit today. And this is very, very weird. Usually I'm getting patches or presets from all the guests that come on the show. And today it's a weird one. I'm, I'm the one providing the, the preset. But a lot of people have been asking about this Van Halen one that I was working on uh, for Jennifer Batten. And it's more of a, it's a, it's a vintage Van Halen kind of well, in mid eighties, which obviously would fit into the, uh, the Michael Jackson beat it, uh, vein. And it'll cover Steve Lukather's parts of the rhythm guitar and it'll cover the lead, uh, portions of Eddie's guitar. But it was kind of built. A lot of it was, it was born on Helix. I'm not going to lie. I didn't create it strictly on stomp. I did put some things on stomp, but I figured there's some presets I had that I really, really liked that I created on, on Helix, and same idea. I just copied a few things over, especially my amp settings. That's what I really dialed in. And and I was, as I was telling you off the air, what was holding me back for the longest time in providing this preset, because a lot of people have been asking about it, there is a couple things holding me back. Number one, uh, I built it for Jennifer Batten, so I kind of wanted to get her blessing on it first. And and oddly enough, she still doesn't like it, and, that's, and, I, and I, I say that in the greatest respect, because she's running four cable method, um, and I wasn't building it for four cable method in my, my approach. And I've, I've still, I know, you know, no problem with that. And I know she'll like it when we're done with it and when she's done with it. But a lot of it was on Helix. And today, it's the same idea. I'm copying things over and um, to making my final tweaks. And I forgot to save. So one, that's one thing you always got to remember. You know, just like you're writing a Word document or something, make sure you save. So if you're an HX edit, just tap that save thing up at the top or save on your unit. But I find an HX edit, I tend to always just go click, click up at the top where the little down arrow type of thing is. And I save that. But long story short, the second reason why I hadn't done anything with that um, I, or that preset was because it contained a commercial IR that I bought from Celestion. They were a limited time uh, EVH 5150, you know, uh, 412 uh, close back IR. And I'm sure if I would have talked to um, uh, the people at Celestion, I have a bit of a relationship with them now that I would have said, hey, I'm giving this one to Jennifer Batten, wink, wink, and we let this one slide. I'm sure they wouldn't have been too upset with me. But that's another reason why I just didn't freely distribute it. So what I did today is I popped on a free um, IR, the one that Paul Heinmarsh provided me with one of uh, his multiple um, presets he sent us when he came on the show. And it's just a free one. I don't know what it is. It might be like a model of a Celestian or something. But to be honest with you, and no disrespect to Celestian, the, the preset actually sounds better. So I'm going to be giving that one away today. It just happens to work. I did no real EQing on it or nothing like that. Um, it just other than stock using a lot of your techniques, you know, compression and things like that. And it sounds pretty darn good. And I'll maybe play that in a little bit. But it, long story short, that's what I really like about this copy and pasting. This click, click. It, I'm on a Mac. Yeah. You know, you said you're on PC, but it's just as easy. You know, command, click, whatever. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. One thing I want to mention, and this, this is kind of interesting because this dawned on me the other day. Um, I was working on, uh, on a preset on Helix, and then I, I copied it over to Stomp. And then I realized, I was like, man, this is like, this is really distorted all of a sudden. 
I, I don't know about yourself, Eric, how you run it, but I usually keep my guitar pads, in, input pad turned on on my Helix floor. Okay. So on, on Stomp, there isn't a guitar pad, uh, in, input pad. So what's going to happen is when you, if you just transfer over a preset or say with the settings that you created on floor with the guitar input pad turned on, if you move it over to Stomp because there isn't an input pad, you're going to be hitting the front end of it harder. Okay. So it's going to drive the amps harder, right? You're going to get a more overdriven sound. And it's kind of funny. I was just chatting with uh, Jason Shadrick at Premier Guitar the other day. And he was he had uh, contacted me about one of my presets. And he said, the Brad Paisley one, he says, it sounded a little bit different. Um, he said it sounded more distorted. Because he was using Helix Native. Okay. I was going, well, I was trying to figure it out. And I said, what guitar are you using? And he's, you know, he's telling me he has Lawler... Uh, Tele pickups, and well, yeah, that shouldn't be the problem. And I said, what interface? And he says, the Focusrite uh, Scarlet. And then it dawned on me, well, yeah, he's not going to be hitting, he's going to be hitting the front end of the amp model that I put in there harder because he doesn't have a guitar uh, input pad. So he's going to, I would guess, just going into native and turning the input volume level down, however many dB necessary to match that would solve the problem. And I actually have to email them back and tell them that I uh, <laughs> that dawned on me. So that's just something to keep in mind when you maybe hear one of my videos or somebody else's video, and then you go try and go, wait, this is this doesn't sound the same. It could, I mean, it could just be your guitar and pickups, but it also could be the fact that that uh, guitar input pad was on or off, depending, and that could possibly change things. That's right? I wonder if that's sense. something they can add into HX Stomp later in a software update. I would uh, think so. I'm hoping that's a good possibility. That'd be something yeah. we'll ask them for sure. If you guys are listening, I request that. <laughs> okay. Um, is now where would I, I? don't even know if mine are. I don't have. I actually do have rack turned on right now, but I can't access yep. it back there. So is that under global settings? Yeah, that's under the global settings. Ins and outs. Uh, here, global, and then uh, yeah, global settings. Yeah, it's the first thing. Guitar in pad, right? Okay. So you can turn that on. On and uh, I don't know why I did that. I started doing that. Uh, I got in a discussion, I think, on the gear page with a few folks about that. And somebody says, "Have you ever tried it with it on?" And I was like, "I haven't really. I haven't really felt like I needed to." But then I did turn it on, and I don't know if it's just kind of a placebo effect type of thing, thinking, "Oh, it maybe just gave a tight, a slight smoother sounds of the distortion." Again, that could just be like a you know placebo effect, right? Yeah. But. Uh, I'm thinking mine isn't, and I'll tell you why, because I remember I actually read the manual, which is strange, or at least I read the cheat sheet. I read something. It could have been it could have been anything. I don't know what I read, but I always thought it was for more like EMG pickups and, and hotter, real, a really super hot signal, so I'm thinking that's... Although my pickups are hot, the Wolfgang pickups are like 14, 16K or something like that. They're, they're hot pickups, and that's one that I play a lot, um, but I think that's the reason why I didn't, but I'm going to... After the show today, I'm going to go investigate, and then I am going to try... Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna crank it through some you know my monitors here, which are decent monitors, or through PowerCab, and I'm gonna see what I hear. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. I don't. I mean, again, I could just be, you know, yep, wanting good. to hear want, wanting to hear a difference in the early. That's right. You know, it almost, those are those are such subtle things to you know to to quantify sometimes. So no, I, I agree with that. But that'd be something good to check out. And I would think here again, I have no engineering background, but I'm thinking that could be something through software and a firmware update that might be doable where you could toggle that on or off. Yeah, I that, would think so. That's I cool. Would think, but, mm. um, here's a good question from Carl Santon. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty straightforward answer, but I'll let you answer this one. He's asking, uh, how is Helix Stomp as a recording tool? It seems a great live playing rig. I'm wondering how it compares to the Helix Rack as a recording tool. If, if I'm totally... I, okay, now here, here's the thing. When I've used uh, Helix Floor as, a, as an audio interface... I always use the zero latency monitoring feature, basically. So I don't monitor through my DAW. I don't monitor through Cubase channel because there's always going to be some sort of latency, even if you have a powerful computer. So I don't really know what the latency numbers would be on something like the Helix Floor even. I've never looked into it because it's been a non-issue just because I have my preset, I record through it, and I also record you know, the USB 7 DI signal in case I want to tweak it later. Um, something like my Focusrite Claret has really, it, it's a USB 3 uh, interface. So faster. <clears throat> use, yeah, faster. And it, it has really great latency numbers. So I can go into the Claret and play into Helix native and monitor through my DAW and it's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't notice the latency. If you do that, I found with Stomp, 
the latency is slightly noticeable, maybe enough to bug some folks, maybe others, it won't really bother. But there's an easy workaround with that, right? You just record the USB 5DI mm -hmm. into your DAW, whatever your DAW of choice is, and then you can process that later with Helix Native. But while you're actually recording, just set yourself up an AMP model and a basic patch uh, in HX Stomp, which allows you to monitor with zero latency into your DAW, and you're fine. So I think if you're using it in that way, there's absolutely zero issues with it. It is an absolutely incredible sounding interface. The sound quality conversion and whatnot is top notch, as good as Helix Floor. I said maybe the one issue some folks might find is if they were trying to monitor through their DAW, they might find there's a, 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 maybe a slightly unacceptable level of latency. But again, that's going to depend on your system and, and a lot of other factors right but yeah i think it's an amazing uh, interface and recording tool good answer for carlo and the thing is too if you're at a hotel you've got your laptop whether it be pc or mac on the coffee table you've got stomp right beside it and you've even got room for your coffee and you're not really taking up a large footprint and uh, you got a powerhouse recordings uh studio right there absolutely it's and and super powerful because i mean it's again right if you if you're just trying to get an idea down or you know so that you can track it what do you need an amp uh, amp and cab, there's one block, right? Maybe a touch of reverb, touch of delay. You know, there's three blocks. At least you, you're going to have your sound in there, zero latency. And then if that's not what you're looking for in the finished product, pull out Helix Native and go to your, your dry DI track and process to your heart's content, right? Exactly. I know before I used to use, um, and I still like it, I would rec I would still give a good a product recommendation on it. I used to use the Apogee Jam. Uh, they have a couple different ones. I've seen they've come up with an, another really cool one as a guitar interface for recording. Um, but it's just it almost like I can't show you because it's put away. Um, but it's like a little pencil size interface, Chrome, and it's pretty cool. But what I didn't like about it, all it really had was just like a headphone volume that would be your your input. And as Eric has said, Eric Klein, um, getting the best out of you know any Helix product, especially native, is getting a good, clean signal to it. And even cutting it back to like literally to the zero position, I was almost in the orange, right? And so yeah. I'm really driving native too hard before I even got to it. And I've done now some experimentation. Obviously, I've used all the Helix products going into native, but using Stomp, and it gave me a beautiful, um, a beautiful clean output. And another thing I really like, I'm, I'm touching a device that people can't see right now, but I'm touching Stomp, and the volume control on um, on Stomp. Now, I'm not sure if it's any different as far as the range and Helix. I'm sure it's not. It's a smaller knob, but millimeters make like it's not stepping either. It's very beautiful range all the way through from zero to ten, and every position in between has a spot. I've got a, a field recorder, which you've seen from my camera. It's a Tascam product. And I don't know the terminology very well, but I think they call it stepping, where like you'll you'll turn it and then nothing will happen to you get about here, all of a sudden it jumps, you turn a little bit more, nothing yeah. will happen to you get to there. But that doesn't do that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I used to have an old Mackie uh, 1604 uh, mixer years and years ago. And, and the uh, trim pots on the channels were like that. It was like you had to get up 90% of the way before it did anything. Yeah. And then you had this little range of motion. It was almost impossible to set it to where it needed to go. Or, but so, yeah, and that's, yeah, that's not like that with H, with HX Stomp. It's, it, I've found no problems with it in yeah. that sense. And the cool thing is, too, you can go full gain depending on how you have your stuff set for outputs. And it's not it's not like, you know, your old, you know, 1980s car stereo, our first car stereos where once you put them on full blast, it was like, you know, vibrating your trunks and the sound was just absolutely horrible. It's good, clean signal all the way through. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. A couple of other comments over uh, in the chat. Um, uh, Brian Cote is here. Mel O'Brien. Uh, Jim Dale is saying, I wish more guitar magazines like Guitar World and that would feature uh, great country artists like Brad Paisley and Keith Urban having the talent and use the gear. I think we'll see that. We're seeing a lot of these magazines coming up with, um, I mean, I shouldn't say coming up with, but really focusing on different things that we've seen before. We're seeing more women on the cover of magazines. That's fantastic. I know Anita Strauss is on there again with uh, Alice Cooper. I think that's Guitar World, I think. Um, and getting some getting some love there as well, too. And I think we'll see that. I think for these magazines, I think one of the things they, they can do to save their longevity is explore a lot of different genres. You know, we've always seen all these metal guys and these genting stuff. You know, no, nothing wrong with that. But it is nice to recognize multiple genres. And even though I'm not a big old country fan, I'd love to see it. And I think it might sway us a little bit to check out some more um, music that were maybe outside of our comfort zone. And as as you do with your channel, this is something I got I think is awesome with your channel. You cover so many different styles of guitar, and people, any, anybody that's in the Helix family that purchases products, Line 6 family, 
you know, they check out your channel first and foremost because they want to hear these great presets, but then they're hearing artists that they would probably never in their lives listen to because some of them, I mean, some of them they love, but some of them are different styles. And I think you're also responsible not only for some great presets, but introducing people to some styles of music that they would never maybe check out. Yeah, I really try to, when I do the guitar solo cover stuff or just the tone demos of the patches I create, I always try to think, okay, what, you know, what would be a cool different uh, genre to cover, right? So the country was cool, you know, I've done some Steely Dan stuff, I've done some, you know, some metal, some uh, just straight ahead rock. And yes, it's kind of fun to, to mix it up and try some different things. I love it. And I can learn a lot from you myself too, because, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'll be the first one to admit and, and other people will say it about me as well too. I'm a one trick pony. You know, it's like I take the pony out of the, out of the barn and I run him around in circle and it's a whammy bar dive <laughs> and I bring him back in, but you know, it's still a pretty pony and you know, it's, it's fun. Um, but here's a, another comment too. Uh, Rob Groden says, uh, my wife always teases me saying Keith Urban is his man crush. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Gussie Wells is here saying dropping in to say hello. And there was something I was going to say. Oh yeah, this is it. Speaking of music that, you know, sometimes things that we don't all listen to, you and I have got something coming up pretty fun. Thanks to you uh, for the invite on this. You want to tell oh, people yeah. we're going to see the end of the month? This is going to be fun. Yeah. Generation X uh, tour, eh? Tell so who, who is it? Against? Steve Vai, Nuno Betancourt, Zach Wild, Tosin Abassi, and uh, Ingve Malmsteen. Insane. It's going to be a couple a couple guitar notes played that evening, I believe. Oh, there's probably only two that won't be played. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be fantastic. So that's coming up the 25th. So I won't be. Um, I will probably not do it. 25th or 26th. What is it? I think it's the 25th. Yeah, that's. that's a, I know it's a yeah. Sunday for sure. So yeah. I don't know if I'll be doing a Helix Hour show that day. But if I do, maybe we'll do it from your house. We could... Yeah, depending. Well, we could maybe do that. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll do a, a kind of a short Helix 30 or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, and just, yeah, just kind idea. of yeah, tease up the show and stuff like that. So, But I know I won't be doing a Rocking Dead. Usually what I do today is also, uh, I do a, a lead up to Walking Dead, a big fan of that show. And I've been doing that on every Sunday now too. So I definitely won't be doing a Rocking Dead that evening. But I think that'd be fun. We'll do a little bit of a thing. like, And I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing Malmsteen. You know, he gets a lot of bad press and he always will. And I, he creates a lot of it himself. But it is what it is. I think he's entitled to it. He's worked to get where he is. Um, I've never, ever experienced Tosin live. I hear I hear his, I hear people talking and, and just, you know, drooling over him. Steve Vai, I've had the pleasure of seeing once back in the Whitesnake days. And I remember this oh. was one of the coolest things I, I liked about that was where he did his guitar solo spot. And he had a mirrored gem. And at the end of the solo, you know, there was a cable hook to it that you couldn't really see. And he'd throw it up in the air and it would spiral with the lights going off of right up to the ceiling. And that was so cool. You know, I love that. Yeah. yeah I've got to see Steve a bunch of times, actually. He uh, puts never, never disappoints. Always an amazing show. That's going to be fantastic. And, and thanks to talking to uh, Thomas Nordig. I remember when he was on the show, Steve, obviously Steve's tech. And I, I have to... Um, um, I, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, it's just going to embarrass, this is going to embarrass Nocturnal Butterfly, but she just texts me. She says, did you just invite yourself to Jason's house? <laughs> I guess I, I guess I kind of did. I'm sorry if I overstepped my boundaries, but Jason and I have a really good relationship. I think we're, I'm somewhat no, safe. That's, that's fine. Yeah. After the show, he's going to say, <laughs> you'll, 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 we'll have to do it from my driveway. Cause I'm not going to let you in the house. Actually. Okay. Come all right. I'm happy with that. You got, you got good Wi-Fi. There's Wi-Fi reach outside. We'll get to some Wi-Fi extenders. We'll be good. Yeah, yeah. So she's no, going to be mad at me for saying that, but that's all not good. Not a problem. But um, I'm looking forward to the show. But we talked to Thomas Nordig when he was on my show on the EVH uh, channel of the of the show here. I said, oh, yeah, I think you guys are coming to Canada. And I didn't even think think about it after the fact. I said, well, try and catch that show. And I'd forgotten about it. You brought it up again. So like, yeah. And so I, I said to Thomas, I said, um, hey, any chance we could um, come back and say hi to you at the show? He goes, for sure, remind me. So it sounds like we'll be meeting at least Thomas and possibly um, um, the guitar players. And I guarantee you, I'm going to be handing Mr. Momstein and Mr. Vi and everybody a business card. Nuno, here's my yeah. card. You know, so that's going to be fun. I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Be cool. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it, too. Yeah, it'd be good. Um, Gussie Walsh, if I'm not sure if I mentioned, uh, says, uh, dropping in to say hello. Uh, Gary Holt, Rob Gordon, my, lo uh, my wife says the same. Uh, <laughs> and this is an ongoing joke. Stainless Steel, he says, I'm, I'm sometimes hard on Stainless Steel, but I, can, I know his humor now. He says, too much talk. Hi, Jason. We love it. Um, Hi, Stainless Steel. Um, let me see. I scrolled too far here again. I'm bad for that. I got to get uh, Nocturnal Butterfly in here to read the chat. Um, and <laughs> some, something that's pretty cool here, too, uh, as, uh, and this is another thing I've learned from you. I know you over the years, you've had so many cool boutique amplifiers, and you know, you've gone from you know, these great amps and pedals and things like that. If you look behind me, you've noticed now I've only got one tube amp back there. 
And you got rid of those two, the two lunch boxes. Eh? Yeah, they're gone. And and the helix rack dropped down a spot. And I need something up there. I don't know what it is. But I've got a HX effects box up there. <laughs> it's it's just and it's really funny too. At one time when I first started this channel. I had, especially with the EVH stuff, I had every box of shoes. I had like, it was everything and it looked re- totally stupid. And Nocturna Butterfly is like, tone it down, man, tone it down. So she's probably mad at me that I even have one box up there, but I need something <laughs> there. So unless I get some kind of a picture frame or something, maybe that uh, really yeah. nice Van Halen book that Carlos Santen sent me, that might fit in there. If that fits in there, that would look nice. He sent me that a beautiful good, photography yeah. book. Yeah. Let's go back to the chat here for a second. Quentin James is here uh, saying, hey, kids. And uh, Quentin, we're going to give away this preset in a moment. And right now, that's probably not even a bad idea. If Nocturnal Butterfly is listening, I'll say, um, I'll say, uh, release the patch. Well, that that could be taken the wrong way. Let's say release the preset. We'll say that. Okay. Uh, So Quentin James, you'll like this one. This is a fun, this is made for stomp, but will work and sound very, very good on your Helix. It does require an IR. So she'll probably put that link in here. Very, very simple. So like I'm saying, folks, this is the preset I wrote for Jennifer Batten. I think it's actually called uh, Beat It Batten. Really simple. It's got a Phase 90 on it. Even though Eddie didn't necessarily use a Phase 90 during the solo, it just kind of puts that little squeak, uh, kind of a shine on the solo. Uh, it's two, two uh, snapshots, a nice lead boost on it, some v- vintage delay. I think I have in there vintage, vintage delay, plate reverb, as I always do with any Van Halen uh, preset. What else do I have on there? Um, yeah, I think that's probably about it, and uh, of course an IR. So there's six blocks right to the right to the max. Uh, so enjoy that, and let me know. Throw some feedback if you like that. And what I'm going to be doing in the future, I wasn't sure where I was going with uh, with doing these, these presets, and I think I alluded to it earlier. Or at least I told you off the air. Is I'm going to be doing a lot of my Van Halen presets. I'm going to be creating at least one cool one a month, and I have some Patreon tiers over on my Patreon, which is Patreon.com/slash/EVHGearTV. And with one of the tiers, I'll be releasing a lot of cool things, but also a, a Helix preset. And I know not everybody has Helix products, but the ones that do, especially that follow our little circle here, it'll be of benefit to them. So they, those would be my premium presets. And hats off to you, Jason. I, you've you've taught me a lot. Um, I'm still yeah. a Helix novice, but what I've learned from you, I'm able to potentially make something that I would say if someone paid me a couple dollars for it, I would feel like I'm still giving them value for their money. Right on. Oh, that's so, good. I'm glad to hear. So thank you. I appreciate that. I know other people are very appreciative oh, as well, two of you. Um, another good comment from uh, oh, Gary Holt. Gary Holt says, good to be here. And Scott Connor says, uh, Johnny Highland, amazing country player. He is for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. He was, Johnny's he was, amazing. He was on PRS for the longest time. He had the Highland signature. And who's he gone to now? Is he with, do you know who he's using for a guitar? Yeah. I'm not sure. Last I saw him, he was using the PRS, but maybe yeah. he's changed. Yeah, I totally sure. forget he's gone to somebody, and I, I feel ashamed I don't know who it is, but it's another um, up-and-comer or a big company. Maybe someone can comment. Um, okay, this is a really good one. I have a Katana amp here, and I'm going to see if I can answer this, and Jason, you can comment too. Brian Cote says, do you have a tip on using a Helix with a Katana amp? I want to use the amp, Sims, and Helix. Uh, would I run it through the effects loop of the Katana? So... In my case, we have the 50-watt Katana here. It does not have an effects loop, and I really wanted to uh, get Junior. It's Junior's amp. I want to get him the 100-watt because it does have an effects loop. And that's where I was, you know, he was lacking. I was running some boss delays and stuff like that to his Katana, and you're slamming the input. I, I just do not like a, a delay slamming the input of a, of a especially a solid-state amplifier. I always like an effects loop. So what I would do in a case like that, if, um, if it's a 50-watt, I would run it on clean, I, I just I run it clean and I just go direct in. That's about the only thing you can do. Then use your distortions and things like that. Use your delays, but keep them way, way back in the mix, like way back. Like if you if your delay is normally like let's say at twenty five percent on a regular amp, you're probably going to want it like at about two percent. You know, going to the front of an amplifier, maybe up to five. But it will sound good with that amplifier for sure. If you do happen to have the loop, what would you say? Uh, you know, theoretically, if it has a loop. Oh. I would just plummet uh, direct into the return of the effects loop because then you just by should be bypassing the preamp stage, going straight into the power amp. You'd just be using the Katana as a power amp and speaker. So perfect, They're well said. That makes total sense. Yeah, a lot of tube guys do that as well too. You know, directly in, and then you yep. just you nice, nice clean power amp. So there you go. Um, and Gussie Wells says so true about country players, really rock players. Um, Chad says he's given us T minus four hours to get here for the brisket. Love it. Oh um, man, we're gonna have to drive fast. <laughs> I know. Uh, Nocturnal Butterfly has been posting your links. Uh, we've got links to uh, your Facebook, also oh. to your website. Um, and as oh, we're getting closer to the end of the hour, I still want to try to squeak some more things in here too. But I want to ask you about the record that's been out for a little bit. Some people are new to the channel here every week, so in case we, they haven't heard us talk about it or haven't heard you talk about it, give us a little bit of update on your record and, and how people can get it. 
Yeah, it's going good. It's been selling well and happy. We've been getting some great feedback on it, which makes me happy. It's uh, like I've mentioned before, I think the times we talked, 100% Helix. So everything on there is recorded through Helix. All the guitar tones features uh, my buddy Marco Miniman on drums, who actually just announced, I don't know if you heard that, but he's working on a collaboration with Alex Lifeson. Incredible. Huge news. Yeah, so that, and, and it's kind of funny. I knew about that a while back. Marco had sent me an email uh, mentioning that, but it was kind of hush-hush. But now he's kind of hinted to it on his Facebook page. He kind of broke the internet the other day with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so the album has Marco on all the tracks, Tony Levin on Chapman Stick on one track, and a good friend of mine from up in Sudbury up uh, north of us here, actually, Jason Henry on bass, amazing bass player. So, yeah, and it's available all the usual places, iTunes, uh Google Play for downloads, CD Baby, I think Amazon Music, uh, my website. Um, yeah, I didn't do physical product this time because you just end up paying a bunch of money to get it done and it sits there and you got a bunch of expensive drink coasters. I know, I know it's sad. If, if you so. were touring, like out there touring, um, you know, clubs, I think it's still nice to have some physical ones on. You can sign them for people, stuff like that. But if you're the kind of the home musician, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, yeah. I bet you, um, here's, here's something you have to ask Marco, and maybe you've even asked him this before too, but I bet you if he had $5 for every time he's been asked already, do you think he might be the new drummer in Rush? <laughs> yeah, I think Rush has made that pretty clear. That's not happening with anybody, right? I, I know. Mean, Marco could do that job uh, in his sleep with his eyes closed. I mean, it's just, just he's such a phenomenal musician. He's one of... It's one of the most phenomenal musicians I, I, I've ever had the pleasure of watching or knowing. I mean, he is, he's truly, it's hard to get your head around what that guy's capable of. And, and just so humble and such a nice fella, too. It's a I really agree. incredible guy. I'll tell you two stories about him that I, I really enjoy. And you being a, a pretty much a good friend of his now, maybe um, you can reflect on this. Number one, when Dream Theater was um, trying to uh, you know replace uh, Mike. And they had uh, they came down to uh, what Mike Mangini, right? I think it was, and uh, yep. and obviously Marco was one of them. And I really overall I liked Marco better, and I think they're both phenomenal drummers. But I really enjoyed that, and they did that whole documentary trying to find the right drummer. That was a really awesome thing that they did. But am I, is this one of those is this one of those stories here where I'm imagining this, or I think it was true? Marco came from that one police tribute band. Um, he I forget the name of the band, but they were international uh, police tribute. I'm sure it was him. Does that is that true? Do you know that? For he fact? did a police tribute album, I know. I don't know how much the band stayed together or toured or anything. I know he did a police tribute album, um, being a big Stuart Copeland fan. Uh, yeah, I don't know what really ever came of that, though. He, he got involved in so many projects after that, right? But, I'm going to research it because for some reason, I'm, I remember seeing video, and I'm sure they did some shows. I don't know if it was one of those access, all-access tribute things, whatever, but it was their greatest tribute band in North America or something like that. And just and I know it was him, but I got to research deeper. But to watch him play, he's one of those guys we could use in that list earlier, like the Brad Paisleys and these these sports heroes that we love that make you love drumming because of him, just yeah. playing with passion. And if I mean I, I know this isn't going to happen, but if he was to be graced in the in the presence of Rush, he is the kind of dude that would play it perfectly and would honor Neil's. Uh, parts for life maybe throw some sprinkles on there but he would treasure that it would never ever step on neil's toes yeah the the um yeah absolutely absolutely he uh and he could like i said he could do i, I think i told that story on either one of the other shows we did together or maybe one of the hangouts i can't remember but i've literally sent him tracks because this is the sixth album i've done with him uh He's always he's always been really good to me as far as working on my stuff, and I've sent him material, and got the finished drum track back 18 minutes later. My God, and it's I, I actually sit there and I go, okay, wait a minute. So I had to send it to him. He had to download it. He had to import it into his DAW. He had to listen to it at least once. Then he had to perform it, and then he had to do a rough mix and then send it back to me. And I'm not talking about easy songs. This is kind of like progressive fusion with yeah. numerous time changes and whatnot. And I just, I, I'd send him back an email. I'm going, are you from this planet? Like, I don't, what do you, how do you do this? Right. And he says, oh, I was just, you know, just having fun with it. And it's, and when you get it back, it's not like he just kind of phoned it in and got no. through the track. I mean, he nailed it better than you could have ever dreamt the final outcome to be. Right. So yeah, he's just, it's, it's a, yeah, 
I, th- I think he's so good. It. I think he's so good. He's recording before you send it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's, it's only like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't know how the timeline worked. I tried to get my head around it, but I gave up and I just accepted the fact that I got an amazing drum track back. <laughs> that's phenomenal. Just the fact that you've, you've worked with him and the fact that he keeps coming back, uh, you know, to, to work on it. I know obviously there's some compensation we don't have to get into that, but I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, he's got, he, he could play with anybody and he does play with you. And, um, I think it's, it's a great, a nice little resume, you know, thing on your resume, having him on the album, but man, oh man, several times like that. Now he played with Satriani too, right? Played with Satriani for, I believe five or six years. Actually, um, I had the, the great fortune of getting backstage at a couple of Satriani shows because of Marco. Every time they'd come to Toronto or, you know, I think, yeah, I guess both shows. One time was Massey Hall. One time was Stanforth Music Hall, I think. We got to hang out with the band and Mike Keneally and Brian Beller and uh, Joe. And yeah, so it was fun, fun times. Uh, Did you and Joe get a chance yeah, to he, talk shop a little bit? Yeah, I got to try, chat with Joe for, for a little bit. Yeah, I mean... Uh, the one time we really got together with Joe backstage, I was at Massey Hall, but he had a few other folks back there. So I, I chatted with him for about 10, 15 minutes, and then uh, yeah, it was great. Super, super nice fella. Very down-earth guy, and, and as we all know, amazing player. You know what you could do? It'd be always fun just for a little trick. You could always get those little thin glasses, and for you know people in about the 10th row back, you could slip out there as Joe, <laughs> grab the Ibanez, and I bet you nobody would know. You could certainly play like him. I'm, I'm about a foot taller than him, though. Oh, That's true. the problem. <laughs> hey, Joe's wearing some platform shoes there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Never met Joe Satriani, and I, I always say he's got to be probably my second favorite guitarist on the planet next to, of course, Eddie Van Halen. But I've never heard a person say a bad thing about him. He's so well-respected in the industry, and like I, that's probably why he got along so well with uh, Marco as well, too. The fact that um, killer, killer talent and humble as they come. I had this conversation the other day with just a YouTube commenter, someone uh, talking about Ian Thornley. And saying, you know, uh, you know, uh, Ian doesn't get the props that he does. No, Joe Satriani gets the props he he deserves for sure. Ian Thornley, another guitar player, I would say is one of the best on the planet. One of, oh. doesn't get the talent that he or the yeah. recognition he deserves. But I was going on further to say, you know, on the first record of his, I know we're getting off on a tangent here, but on the first record it was just crazy all over the place. And then you know the records didn't get the airplay as much as the first one did. But I think Ian is that kind of guy that loves being in the place where he is where he could you know could be overseas and unless it's the diehards he can walk down the street to the cafe get something come back and not be mauled by the paparazzi and and some of the crazy fans whereas some of these other people the joe satriani's the steve vice the eddie van halen's you don't go out in public without being mauled no and you know what ian has got to be hands down one of my favorite guitar players i just there's another guy that he's like he's almost like the brad paisley of rock canadian rock because He's a he's a triple threat, right? He's a, an absolutely phenomenal songwriter. He, he writes some of the catchiest. I, I hate to use the word pop, but there's always a pop element to it. But mixed into a real heavy, grindy rock sound. But there's always some great pop melodies and harmonies. He sings like nobody's business. I mean, he sounds like a cross between I don't know Chris Cornell and uh, Richie Kotzen, and I, I don't know. And then he just tears the frets off the guitar. He, just such an incredible all-around musician one of my all-time favorites to watch play sing right you know, i know oh, incredible have, have i haven't i've gone through every single video of yours i mean there's so many have you ever done any thornley um videos oh absolutely yeah yeah i did um oh my god i did the ghost solo i did i digress i did a million days within a few yeah, I've done at least three that I can think of off the top of my head. And those were fun ones. They were challenging solos. He really, he has this kind of, he mixes in all these different influences from like Steve Morse to, uh, you know, I, I, I one of the solos, A Million Days, there's a real Morse vibe to it, which was really, really interesting. And, but yeah, just a phenomenal player. Awesome player. Oh, fantastic. I'll, I'm going to definitely go take a look at those and I'm going to share them, especially over on the EVH page because a lot of, on the EVH uh, Facebook page, a lot of people like Ian Thornley too. And this this is a little right. nod to Ian and a brief time with him with Line 6. I know he's using a lot of, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but he uses some very eclectic pedals now for his sounds. But when I had the, I think it was the first or the second opportunity to open for his band, this would be in Chatham, um, he was using Line 6 gear at the time. And so we got talking after he was using Line 6 4x12s and I don't know what he's using, like one of the pod pros or I don't know what it was. This goes back some years. But anyways, um, he was using this and we're talking gear after the show and he was so kind. He's one of those guys that, he, you know, I basically had to say, okay, I got to go. It's our turn to go up, whatever. I think it was after or after the first band, whatever. We were the second band. We're talking a little bit of gear and he's like, uh, oh, I said, um, 
like your sound check there was like absolutely phenomenal. Like what the heck you do? He goes, Oh, that's some line six stuff. They did sent me. I'm not sure. He wasn't sure if he was liking it yet. He wasn't sure where, you know, where he was with it, but I'm like, Oh my God, this is some of the best tone. And I really wish I knew what it was, but he did have a, a short stint with line six. That was pretty cool. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. I think now he's really in with the sewer guys, right? Yeah. So he's like using guitars, custom and audio amp, uh, amps and, uh, the sewer. he has his signature sewer guitar, which actually looks really nice. Yeah. Beautiful guitar. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, let's continue down the chat here for a second. We will be wrapping up here in a moment. And let me see here. Uh, Nocturnal says, I adore all uh, music genres. Uh, drives, uh, the, uh, um, <laughs> drives the man cray cray. Um, and Stainless says, will Helix Native be cheaper for the HX Stomp customers? I don't think there's incentive for that product to go for, when you purchase Stomp to purchase Native. But if you purchase LT, um, any of those products, there's incentives. Um, but I don't think it does come with Stomp. Because Stomp's in the... Actually, I, I believe they just announced... Every if Helix Floor and LT owners get it for ninety nine bucks now. Oh wow! So both the same. Okay. Don't don't quote me on that, but I thought I saw that the other day. I thought I saw Eric Klein post that. So it's it's Floor and LT owners. But if that's not true, don't come and yell at me. No problem. Yeah, check the website. <laughs> that's the best for sure. Um, let me see. Full Circle says uh, Gary. Last I knew you were using a triple X. Still the case. That was a good app. PV triple X. Uh, let me see here. I'm going to scroll towards the bottom here. Uh, Mel O'Brien says, I still like US tube PVs. Great value for the money, and they sound good. I had a chance, and I'm not going to say who this is because I don't want to lose the opportunity to still buy it. A good friend of mine wants to um, sell me a PV5150 combo that was given to him by Eddie Van Halen. Um, and I, I'll stop there, and I'll tell Jason the story off the air. Um, but I, I miss the 5150s. Those, the PV5150s were great amplifiers. But this one was actually given to him um, by Eddie Van Halen. So I, I want to get it. And it's very, very cheap as well, too. So, I mean, cheap compared to what it should be from from being from him. So I'm going to hope to get that. Um, and I probably nice. won't use it much, but I, I want it. Um, Alan Holler, to both the guys yeah, for sure. on, the damn, on the damn price jump, $100 more. Yeah, I think there was a price jump because of tariffs and taxes. Is that correct? Does that sound familiar? Yeah, that's what, that's what I heard. It had a lot to do with the whole tariff thing going on. So other than that, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think you're going to see that probably in a lot of companies, right? I think so. Board, so. And I guarantee you, I'm sure that was not something that line six was, you know, excited to do, you know, to, we have to increase our price a hundred bucks because things were doing phenomenal as they were. And I think they still will, but it's just one of those things where so many of these different tariffs, imports and exports, and there's, there's a lot more things that will be behind the scenes that we can probably every wrap our heads around, um, in the business side of the world. Um, and Neil Banbury, he's, uh, he says, just starting to get familiar with Helix. First two patches I downloaded were Jason Satriani and Eric Johnson. Good stuff. And another one, Neil, you might want to check out is um, Jason's Satriani one that comes on Stomp, which you've got made available on Custom Tone as well too, right? Yep, that's up there for the Helix. Yeah, yeah. so they're they're they ship with the uh, Stomp, yep. and they're they are available on my Custom Tone page. Check that one out as well, uh, um, Neil. That's pretty cool. You might you might like that one as well too. Uh, Gary Holt says, uh, "My PV solid state with a bunch of knobs, not very warm compared to the tube amps." Yeah, you definitely will get a different. Um, uh, different feel for sure. Uh, old Metal Dude says, Eric, great interview last week. Jennifer Batten just saw her on Friday and after seeing your interview, she was awesome, did a great Beatles medley. She is. She's a real talent. We talk a lot of times, not even about music, just talk. And uh, she's a really good good person. Uh, Mel Bryan, I use a Classic 20 and an old AC15 together or separately. The Vox is very loud. I bet it would be for sure. Very sure. Uh, let me see here. And thank you again, Mel O'Brien, since Jennifer Batten interview was awesome. Yeah, she was fun. And Steve Lynch was a great one, too. Learned something from both. Yeah, I need to go back, and I need to, I'm need to. i going to bookmark where uh, Steve does the performing. He did some really cool lessons for us. And unfortunately, there were times where the uh, internet was dropping out, so we have to kind of bear with that. But I want to learn some of that two-hand tapping stuff, too. Um, <laughs> Quentin says, Eric, read the, read the manual. Yes, indeed. We need to read the manuals. Um, and let me see. Full circle. I've gone completely line six. Very X JTV 59 into Helix Floor into PowerCab Plus. With my incoming stomp as backup, much better on the back than my old Mesa Stiletto combo, which weighed 85 pounds by itself. I, I agree. It's lighter is better, and that's why I like it now. If I'm invited to a buddy's house to go jam, whatever, I'm going to bring stomp or helix and maybe one power cab, you know, and that's all That's all I need. That could fit in the back of the Camaro. Uh, let me see. David Jorgen Peterson, good chance to see you uh, live for change, learning a lot about HX stomp. Very, very nice. Uh, let me see here. What I'll do, I'll take one moment here in just a second. I'm just going to give people just a little bit of a sound sample of what that sounds like. I'll see if I've, I know there's a few other comments I'm missing. Alan Holler says, I see you at NAM. I will have Detroit Sidhu shirt on. Fantastic. We'll look forward to it. And, uh, Stainless Steel says, I don't have any Mac anymore. Just an iPad need HX editor for, yeah, the, there's a lot of people requesting things like that. Um, but I don't know if we'll see that for a while having like, uh, iOS interface for it. I, I don't know. 
Um, and this is very cool. Yeah, Nocturnal Butterfly says, if you see Eric and Eric Jr. at NAMM, be sure to come up and introduce yourselves. They will be thrilled. Yes, we will for sure. Uh, I'm going to give you just a real quick sample. So this is what that preset's going to sound like if any of you have downloaded it. I'm not going to play much. I'm just going to give you a little sound sample. So this is the uh, the uh, Beat It Batten preset. This would have been a lot easier if I was using my wireless. Okay, so this is what you're going to hear. Okay, so you got you got that's the the first uh, snapshot. Can I go to the lead to the replay it with the? Uh, That's all I'm going to play. I can't. I'm in a very tight, conform space, but that's what that will sound like. It does require an IR, so be sure to uh, load that. And let me see Sounds here. Great. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Just want to give people a sound, what it sounds like here. As we get down to the last few comments, uh, Quentin James's modeling has got so good. I swear it uses technology from the ship that crashed in Roswell. Very <laughs> Could be true that we don't get to see what goes into those behind-the-scenes things, and it could be uh, guarded by the military. You never know. Um, and Gary Holt says, I'm pretty sure Floyd Rose is going to be at NAM again this year. That's someone on my list I want to meet for sure. Definitely want to. And uh, home recording meaning, uh, made easy. Jason, you should be on Line 6 Payroll for all the support and help you give to the Helix products. <laughs> <laughs> he, gets, he gets told that a lot for sure. Uh, old Metal Dude says, oh, I scrolled way too fast. I know I'm going to miss a lot of people, and I really apologize. Um, I think what I'm going to do, let's go to the very bottom, and we'll come back because I'm missing a bunch. Uh, Brian Cote just connected the quarter inch out of the helix to the return of the katana. Sounds great, but I'm getting static sound when playing. Okay, you might want to double check too, make sure that you're on a good voltage and you got a good clean voltage line as well. Maybe make sure everything's on the same circuit or if you have some um, ground lifts, maybe possibly that. Um, and our, Alec Bourne, are all your stomp ones on custom tone for usage on helix? Um, is that for you, Jason? I think probably. Uh, all the stomp ones on custom. Yeah, yeah, they are. All the stomp factory presets I uploaded. Uh, so, yeah, they're the ones that say JS after them and, and uh, DIR. They all start, actually, they all start with DIR colon whatever JS at the end, you know. So, yeah, they're up there. And uh, What does the DIR stand for? Uh, just in the stomp, they have different categories. So they have 4CM, which is four cable method. So they're all factory presets that were done for specific things. They have one that's called FX, yep. which is just if you're going to use it as just an effects process. And DIR is just if a full path with amp models, effects, and everything. So that you could just go direct with it and have your full, full okay. uh, sound ready to go. That makes total yeah. sense. But I, I, seriously, I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit I didn't know what that meant. So good. Yeah, that's what they they, they kind of just lumped them all into different categories so they showed the versatility of what Stomp could do, right? And I think there's even one label like Key for keyboards or something like that. Yeah, there's, there is there is a Keys one as well. Yeah, I think that's the four that they had. On yeah, there. and they're yeah. kind of neat, some spacey effects and stuff like that. Oh, oh and they have some bass ones too, B, uh, some bass or, ones as well, I believe. Yeah, nice. Um, let me see here. And Daryl McMillan's giving some advice. Try a quarter inch out. Uh, made a huge difference for me. Uh, Rob Gagaro uh, is here. Um, let me see that tone comes from your fingers. Thank you. Appreciate it, Rob. Good meeting up with you recently. And let's go backwards a little bit. That's going to say hi to everybody now at this point. Um, let me see. Let me see. Alan Holler, 6505. Yep. Same thing as the PV5150 for sure. New name once Eddie left. Uh, Daryl McMillan, Ian is amazing. Just found him about, found out about him in Big Rec a few months ago, and now I'm a big fan. And uh, here you go. Rob Gordon says, Jason, one of your videos, I believe you mentioned tonal balance. Can you elaborate on that? Uh, what was I, you know, I'm not sure what I was referring to. I, uh, there, I have a plugin I use called the tonal balance plugin. Uh, so it could be that, or I don't, I would have to know where I mentioned it to kind of know to elaborate. Sorry, Rob, maybe send me a, send me a message on Facebook or something and, and we'll, we'll chat. Okay, perfect. Good. Um, go back here. One camera switches for a second, and we're going to wrap up here just a second. Scott Connor Joe is indeed one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Uh, David Jorgen Peterson, greetings from Smoky, California. Can barely see a block in San Francisco Bay Area. I have to practice indoors today. Indeed, it's probably going to be smoky for quite some time. Uh, let me see here. Robert Apple says, by the way, Eric, really great photo shot on the email alert uh, for Helix Hour this week. Wonderful lighting. Thank you. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one that one he's referring to, um, but maybe I'm not sure what it is. But I appreciate the comment. Thank you. Uh, Carlos says, Neil Pert never did like touring. He's older now. I don't blame him for wa uh, wanting to retire and enjoy his grandchildren. Exactly. A lot of the people that were, you know, we admire like here over on EVH, even a Van Halen is to be considered retired now. If they are, I don't know. 
you know what? More power to them. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. They've they've served us all very, very well, provided us with some great entertainment over the years. And, uh, you know, there's nothing they owe us for sure. Did I see Johnny Lee was here? I said you said hi to him somewhere. I didn't see him in the yeah, chat. Yeah, okay, Johnny, Johnny was in there. Awesome. Fantastic, Johnny. I'm sorry I did not miss you. Or I didn't uh, ignore you. I just didn't see your name. And I'm looking forward to meeting you at NAM. And and please, by all means, um, if you guys and girls are out there and come up and say hi, Junior and I are going to have some uh, some identifying shirts so you'll be able to see us pretty easy in the crowd and uh, come up and say hi. Um, have you determined if you're going to NAM or not yet? Um, yeah, I'm up in the air still. I, I, I would like to. I'll, I'll have to make a decision real real shortly, actually. But uh, Let me know, because yeah. would you yeah, would you be flying out of Detroit if you did? I do, you know what? Yeah, I haven't even gone that far. Yeah, it okay. probably makes sense to, I would think. Eh? You lo- well, let me know, because we can we can talk about this off the air, of course. But, um, I, I mean, last time I flew out of Toronto, you, we can fly from, you and I can both fly from London, but it's ridiculous. If we fly from London, we have to fly from London to Toronto, and then yeah. it's, it's about a 14-hour flight. It's, re- yeah, it's layovers, it's all that kind of stuff. It, the best way is to fly out of Detroit, and you're only a little further than me. We could almost time it if we if if we are leaving the same day. We can even yeah. carpool it or something. So we'll talk yeah. about it. I'd love to yeah, be there we'll with you. Yeah, we'll chat about that for sure. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. And I know you people would love to see you there for sure. Yeah, I'd like to get out again. It's been it's been a couple of years since I've been out, so I'm due. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Well, listen, I we're gonna wrap up here because we are a couple minutes over the hour, and I do know I missed a few people, and I apologize for that. Um, but it was nice to have have you back, Jason. It's always so fun to talk Helix. It's like a total geek out session for an hour. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I always always. Uh, Love to come on. It's a pleasure. Um, lastly, here too as well, if people want to check out, you notice I'm wearing the Helix Hour shirt. If you want to check out our store, this is probably one of the best times to do it. And this is probably one of the uh, least benefiting things that ever benefits us. It doesn't benefit us. All the proceeds this month on our store, broadstash.com, go to Movember Canada for the entire month of November. So every dollar we make, we're giving all of that to Movember Canada, which is a great charity uh, for you know cancer research for men, uh, suicide prevention, all that kind of stuff. So there's there's obviously the, uh, shirts like the Helix Hour, EVH and Care TV, Kramer Corner, uh, Rocking Dead, all that kind of stuff. But Nocturnal Butterfly has created some great mustache theme merchandise for men and women. And uh, like I say, all the proceeds go to Movember Canada, and it's going to be a real pleasure. I'm hoping we can send them a nice little paycheck. It'll be small compared to everybody else, I'm sure, but if it's a couple dollars, I'm happy to pass it on. So if you've ever wanted to buy one and been sitting on the fence, buy it now and let them get the money as opposed to us. Um, I'm going to let everybody go. I want to thank you also very, very much for tuning in for this Helix Hour, and uh, we'll keep you posted on uh, if Jason and I are going to do something on the night of the concert of Generation X. It could be a lot of fun. Maybe I, maybe we'll just yeah. be talking about that concert. Who knows? Um, and I'm just getting notes in the in my text messages. We are all good. I thought I missed something, but I didn't. We are awesome. Everyone, have a fantastic afternoon. I am back again this evening at 7 p.m. Eastern. Same channel. I'm going to be talking about Rocking Dead and tonight's Walking Dead show. It'll be a one-hour live broadcast. Come on over and say hi and talk about some crazy television. So until next time, Jason, take care, buddy. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. All see right. you guys. And I'll say goodbye to you off the air. Everyone, see you next time. Cheers. Hey, AVH Care TV and Eddie Van Halen fans. If you are like me, you find the time to read books difficult. Why not have it read to you? Grab one of three critically acclaimed Van Halen audiobooks like Van Halen Rising by Greg Renoff, Running with the Devil by Noel Monk, or Everybody Wants Some by Ian Christie, available right now from Audible. Sign up for a free trial with zero obligation to get any one of these three audiobooks today. You can cancel if you wish after your trial membership expires and keep the book. There are many other great titles to choose from as well. Links in the description below, but just remember audibletrial.com slash TV. Click the link below and go grab your first free audiobook. Thank you for listening to this edition of EVH and Gear TV. This episode is being brought to you in part by VanHalenStore.com. Shop VanHalenStore.com for the largest selection of official Van Halen merchandise and memorabilia. Be sure to check out our website at evhgeardiscussion.com for more updates and follow us on social media.